Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows. This is an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, anyone vested in the world of education. I am Erin Barnes, host of the show, and today's co-host is is kind of awesome. We've actually never met in real life. Uh, This is as close as we've gotten today for this episode, so I'm really excited to speak kind of face-to-face with the founder and executive chairman of Giant. Giant is a a company that you've co-founded, and and I'll let you speak in just a second, sorry, (laughs) Um, that you've co-founded that um, it is, I mean, it's a little more than a leadership cohort. I mean, you are helping companies and people. I mean, you do it on on as small a scale as a person to a larger scale as, as a giant corporation, no pun intended, um, where you are coming in and helping companies kind of look at what they've got going on, strategize, and then move forward. Um, and I was just telling you, you've helped us speak the same language here, which is amazing. You also have Prairie Post, which is one of the coolest ideas uh, I've seen in a long time. You're the author of five books. I saw you on Facebook the other day. You're working on another one and you have six other companies. Plus it was your birthday last week, right? I turned 50. It was a big birthday. All right. Jeremy Kubitschek, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I mean, I just gave a little rundown, but like what, what Prairie at Post, just for anybody who wants to go and look it up, is this really cool housing idea initiative? Like you've got you've got a, a, a this large plot of land, three ponds, amazing views, and and you're bringing in uh, people who would like to build, but to be a part of the community. It's not like you're building your home and you get to stay in your house. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a communal property. You've got communal space there. Tell me a little bit about that before we go into the real stuff. Yeah, and it's not a commune. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, so here's the here's the quick story. We were living in London. My kids, uh, my kids said that we want to come back to the United States for uh, high school. So I basically said, all right, I'm going to give you uh, five cities to choose from, Denver, D.C., Nashville, Atlanta, or Oklahoma City. And they chose Oklahoma City. And I was, I was like, okay, are you sure we can go to Denver? We can go to Nashville, you know? And so we did. I said, but if we do, I want to do something different. I want to live in a different, I want to be creative. So my wife, uh, that's what she does. She is um, in real estate. She's really, really strong. She has a company called Visionary. So we basically co-partnered with another developer, another friend, and we developed a neighborhood, 50 acres, um, 20 houses, uh, we have 12 houses built uh, as an amphitheater. We built a meeting house that's 2,000 square feet. We have eight acres of common space, walking trails, chickens, common gardens. And we're like, let's make it feel like a lake house as your primary house. And so we've been living there for about a year, a little over a year. And so we have one lot left. Um, and so that's called the Prairie at Post. It was really an experiment of intentional living. So that's that. And it, it was just it's one so of the things that uh, we do. 
I I love it. I I actually I brought my husband in and I was like, "Hey babe, uh it looks like we can get in on this. What do you think?" And um anyway, uh uh so on top of that, you've got uh Giant Worldwide. You're an author. How do you have time for all of these things? Yeah, so what I, what I've figured out is a system for multiplication. So at Giant, everything we do is called around 100 apps. So the idea of getting 100% healthy and learning how to multiply yourself. So multiplication is really important because most leaders are 75 plus. Generally healthy and hey, my door is always open. If you need me, I'll be glad to help you. So I call that positively reactive versus positively proactive. So what I've been doing for years, everything we do is around scaling. So Giant is basically a content licensing company we create content like the five voices, like the five gears, like 100X, and we license people. We license coaches, consultants, people who want to do full-time or part-time leadership coaching, consulting, counseling, those kinds of things. So for me, I simply uh, just use my own medicine. I basically learned how to multiply. So I have There are six businesses that I have leaders over that I'm an executive chairman to. I'm not running any of them anymore. They're running them, and I'm adding value to each one of them, and I'm working to grow them. Giant being the largest one, um, we're in about 120 countries. We have about 700 uh, consultants um, around the globe, and we're growing about 40, to be exact, a month uh, with the consultants. So... Um, so I just pour into those who are leading those companies and then I get to then speak and write and create content, all of which helps every one of these divisions, which is, I mean, phenomenal. Uh, you, the, the ability you have to be a part of so many different things, um, is, is awesome. I I love that you've got your hands in all of it and and you're not like a hands-off leader. You know, you could easily build it and say, all right, now go do the things, uh, but you're still a part of everything. Yeah, just not. I'm more from a vision. I kind of watch their flanks to make sure that they're they're not disturbing them to be the best they can do. So I just had lunch with one of them, uh, one of our the leaders of Culture Wins, which is Kevin DeShazo, and I was able just to pour into him and encourage him and talk vision, we talk strategy, we talk personal, and uh, so it's just it's just part of of the makeup is is uh, practice what you preach. And um, actually live a lifestyle of liberation and learn how to do that really, really well. Now, I'm not perfect at it, but I work on it on a daily basis. So when you get reps in learning how to call people up and learning how to encourage and learning how to help them both personally and strategically, then it's, it's really fun. Yeah. And I'm glad you said liberation because I, I want to get there. I read the, the five gears and the five voices. Uh, yeah. I want to be a liberator. Um, but before we get there, um, the whole topic today is taking action isn't necessarily the goal. Being strategic is the goal. I mean, how often do you come across companies? And I mean, I know you've got people doing it now, but <clears throat> you guys talk about um, in, in the, the giant language, most companies are operating at like 58% capacity because of, you know, all kinds of different variables. Why is being strategic the goal versus taking action? Well, I, the way I would use it, I would actually call it two things. So um, 
think think of strategic. The word strategic was a military term that was first established by military leaders, but basically meant they had a strategic view. They would climb to the tallest spot. They climbed to the top of a hill, and they would look down, and then they would send orders, tactical orders, to the frontline leaders. Hey, uh, they're moving to your flank. Turn right. <laughs> Or uh, there's a there's a river we need to go around. Whatever it was, it's strategic. It's really about strategic view. So what are the strategies? What are the future things you can do that would give a family, a team, an organization a competitive advantage? So then the tactical part is actually the work that's done to do that. Um, other people have, have shared this before, but there's clouds and dirt. It's the same idea. You need the clouds and you need the dirt. The clouds is living up in the clouds is dreaming and seeing the business model in the future. But you need to get in the dirt to roll your hands up and actually plow the ground. It's not one or the other. It's both and. Okay. So strategy and tactics go hand in hand. But if you go with tactics with no strategic view, you're going to maybe go in the wrong direction. You may not go fast enough. And if you only look at the future and have no one on the front lines, you're never going to move anywhere. You're just going to be dreaming. So it, it, it's both and. Okay. And so a minute ago, you talked about being a liberator. Um, one of the things in, in my next question is you talk about um, bringing high challenge coupled with high support. And that's what creates that liberator leader. Um, how can we strategically set goals so that we are bringing high challenge and high support to our employees or our students or, or the families that we're working with. One of our uh, CEOs, uh, Bronson Taylor, and he runs Giant. He runs also another company called Billion. He's, um, uh, he's really, really strong. He's got this concept called Blitz. And what it does is it breaks down goals to a big idea. The, the, the B is big, a big goal. For with a limited team, for kind of iterative meetings, fast meetings that can be tracked, and there's no excuses. What he means is, you take all your goals and break them down to what are we going to do this week? Okay. And so it's a, it's a one week sprint. So I like to do that. I like I go here's my all the things I want to accomplish. What can I do this week? Then we set the tone with people and team. We move from Monday. Then at Friday, we review what do we get done. It's show and tell day. Monday is this is what we're doing day. So then you meet as much as you need to meet to get that done so that by Friday you can share the process. You take the information, then you move to the next day. So for me, uh, liberation is a concept of high support and high challenge. If you're leading people, you need to give them clear direction, short goals, fast wins, resource them, support them, and then hold them accountable. And there's no excuses and challenge them to what they believe and call them up, not call them out. So you call them up to who and what you could be. So it's this process of, of making progress can, can happen, but it, it needs to happen with this mindset of we're going to do sprints, we're going to go fast, but we're going to do it with support and we're going to do it with a challenge and I'm going to, I'm going to go first. I mean, I'm going to do it with you. Yeah. I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to be in on it. So I'm not a hypocrite, which is where most leaders get 
Um, oh gosh. Yes. Missed, missed the mark, right? So I'm trying to think um, of a scenario for our families here. I, I know at Epic, uh, they choose their curriculum, right? And so my kiddos are in a platform called Edgenuity. It's just their digital textbook, but they're given the entire school year at the first day of school or the, you know, whenever it's, it's opened up. Breaking that down for them, basically, into months at a time and then into weeks at a time, but then not telling them what to do each day, asking them, what are you planning on doing today to get your week's goal done? How do you plan to accomplish 2% of your English this week? Absolutely. That makes all the sense because it comes back to engagement versus compliance. And when students uh, feel that they're being pressured by mom, dad, to teacher, or teachers, then there's a natural resistance and a pride or a frustration or whatever. So it's it's learning how to, you know, here's how I would say: it's lighting a fire under a student doesn't get them to do what you want them to do. When you light a fire underneath someone, they will get up and move, but they'll come step back down somewhere else. And you have to light a fire again two days later and then yeah. again and then again. It's learning how to light the fire inside the student, which basically is the pilot light. Pilot lights don't have to be lit every day. So once you light the fire, for us, that's where the five voices comes in because you need to understand their wiring and personality. When you understand who they are, you can speak to their language. If you don't, it's going to be like the coach who's always yelling and doesn't get the results. They just yell more and more and more and more. Yeah. And actually they get less and less and less and less because they get compliance just enough to stay on the team, just enough to keep my job, just enough to get a passing grade. So it's actually up to us as leaders to slow down, to speed up, but to slow down enough to learn the language of our students or our kids to know them, to know how they're wired, speak their language. And by doing that, that there's a better chance the pilot light gets lit. You know, when I had read the Five Voices book, I thought, oh my word, we need one of these for parents. <laughs> we need to just repackage that so that Parents can speak to their kids because as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, okay, what voice do my kids have? I, you know, uh, I guess I, whenever I was going, I'm, I am a creative connector. Okay. Um, and so I've got ideas out the wazoo and, and I have considered myself a, a muse in certain ways because people come to me and they're like, da, 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 da. And I think of, well, here's three different ways you might approach that, you know, um, and I guess I sort of always considered my kids to have the same, you know, ideas or concepts. Yeah. No, and they, they just don't. Um, and I would say that I've got two pioneers, which is interesting. Um, you know, they they both are very entrepreneurial mindset. I've got uh, they and they they leap before they think sometimes Uh literally just brought a male rabbit home yesterday for my youngest who's wanting to breed these rabbits and and has this crossbreeding idea um but uh she is like oh i don't have i don't have room for that cage in my room now 
all like all of a sudden, you know, and so this is like, she's got the idea. She's ready to go. She's, but the, the logistics are, are di- more difficult. Yeah. So how do you, um, how do you, I guess, uh, uh, how long should you wait to see if, if the plan is, and I know I just kind of switched gears. She's, she's the entrepreneur. I've got kids trying to get through their school year, you know. At, uh, Aaron, are we really solving for a bunny issue? That no, right that one's <laughs> long. But I, but as a parent, I was like, you know, it would be awesome example. Yeah, to know what kind of kiddos I'm dealing with so I can speak yeah. the language that matters to them. Now here's what my wife and I did. Um, when, when our kids were about 12, 13, we started to figure out their personality and wiring. Now we knew if they were an introvert or extrovert, we could kind of tell. We knew if they were more feeler or thinker. But with the five voices, about 13 years old is a good time for them to start learning. So they took the assessment. We then talked them through it. They watched a few videos. We started to, to work on it. And we figured out, okay, we've got a creative connector um, like you. We have a guardian pioneer, and we have a nurturer connector. So we have a creative, a guardian, and a nurturer okay. uh, to a girl, boy, girl. And um, so my wife and I, my wife's a guardian, and I'm a connector. So my what I tend to do is any provisional idea, hey, guys, wouldn't it be cool if we go to the Grand Canyon? Let's go. And then my son takes me very literal. Dad says we're going to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah, no, not now, but some year. Oh, uh, never mind. Dad's lying again. We're not going. Like, I'm not lying. I'm just, so the connector is the opposite of a guardian and a guardian officer. So I had to really work with my son. My wife's a guardian, so she stacks questions and, and interrogates. <laughs> so where are you going this weekend? With who? Who else is going to be there? What time will you be at home? What are you guys going to do there? Like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and so... They then start pulling back, and so she's she's sitting there going, um, you know, is this is my kids? Why don't they talk to me anymore? Because you interrogate them. <laughs> so see what I mean? Yes. So my wife and I both had to adjust, and so what we did is we poured ourselves into understanding each one of our kids. Then when our kids turned sixteen, I created an apprenticeship plan for them. So between sixteen and eighteen. These are the 10 meals you need, you need to learn how to make before you leave home. Here's how you do a bank uh, account. Here's your credit card philosophy or strategy. Here's It was IQ. It was personality. It was emotional intelligence. All of it was around, um, you know, here's the people that you need to meet in your life. Here's the books you want to read. But I did it based on their personality. My nurturer would get overwhelmed with that. So we would just go to a coffee shop. And I'd have two or three topics that we would talk and I would space them out. My son wanted to see the full spreadsheet. Yes. <laughs> he wanted to know exactly what we're doing when, how's it going to work. My daughter, it was a lot more crazy. So see what I mean? Every one of them, I would do it. But we had, and here's the key word if you're listening. The key word is intentional versus accidental. And most parents are accidental parents. We hope that our kids grow up. We hope that they, we hope that the teachers do this and that we hope that. So being intentional, I woke up to that probably when my kids were in junior high and I became an intentional dad all the way through. So intentional dad means I'm fighting for the highest possible good of my kids. I'm figuring out what their pilot light is and how do I get it going. I'm teaching them how to learn. 
I'm being in their life. I'm talking from, we have a motto in our family, bad friends, bad decisions, bad life. Good friends, good decisions, good life. How are the decisions? How are your friends? Right? So we talk about friendships. Every time we get together, tell me about your top three friends. What's going on right now? Where are they at? How are you doing? Because that affects your decisions. Yes. Which affects your life. So those are ways that you can become, but the idea is you first have to flip the switch on your back from accidental to intentional. And then using personality is so important. Getting into the five gears. If you're a parent and you want to learn a system for managing time and doing work-life balance with your kids, the five gears is an unbelievable resource for that. So those are all types of tools that you can use. I just... Everything that we developed, we actually did. It, all the tools came out of my own issues. That's why I, where I create all my content is because of where I screwed up. That's so. I am trying to not be an accidental parent. Um, it, it's you know it's hard, especially when they hit. Gosh, I mean, you figured it out in middle school. My oldest is in ninth grade right now. And she wants to be an orthodontist, and my youngest wants to be a plastic surgeon. And I'm thinking whoa, I have not, and I'm, I don't want to be a bulldozer mom or a helicopter parent. Those are horrible, you know, terms. Um, you don't want to be them. But also, I want to make sure that we're cultivating the the right environment so that we can have a doctor. I mean, if, if you allow for the C's and the B's because that's comfortable and you're not trying harder or you're not figuring out the pilot light, what's what's igniting them, that's not the grade or the GPA that's going to allow you to get into dental school or, you know, med school. So how do you, uh, how do you, I mean, I'm not trying to get you to solve dental school and medical school. Mm-hmm. We're there. But how did families without bulldozing the path, letting their kids help, you know, set the goals, how do parents and teachers cultivate this stuff so that the student can get to what their their overarching goal is. All right, so the first is know yourself to lead yourself. Well, you realize you're a creative connector. So what are your tendencies when it comes to children? And what do you tend to do with them? And then know your kids to lead your kids. Okay, you said you have two pioneers. If that's true, and by the, what you said, their profession, like, okay, I get that, interesting. So then what you do is you use your creative and connector come up with a game plan, but think of it like a pioneer. What do pioneers want? Short, sweet. They don't need a lot of words. They don't need a lot of reading. They don't need a lot. So give them a plan. Okay, well, let's connect you. Use your connector with uh, ophthalmologists. You say optometrist or ophthalmologist? Uh, Orthodontics. Orthodontist, my bad. So orthodontist. So find an orthodontist. Have them shadow them over time. Uh, have connect them to two or three orthodontists from other places, right? And then get into the details of what's your plan going to be. My wife wanted to be a dental hygienist uh, when she was in high school, so she knew exactly what courses she needed to do. She's a guardian, so she's very thorough and detailed. She went in, I have to take these courses, I need to know this plan, and she had her path for the next six years, and she did it. So creating a path for them, with them, is really helpful. Uh, plastic surgeon do the same thing. It's almost this, you're almost lucky you have the same tracks. I know. <laughs> um, and both, but what you can do is you you set them up with 
who, what, how, how long, how much. Answer the basic questions, but let them see it and see the journey and the path. And then they kind of decide if they want to go that direction or not. All the while, equip them in the other phases of life. You need to eat. You need to have a bank account. You need to, right? So it's those pieces that you add to it. I just created a pathway for in an Excel sheet that's for a 16 to 18-year-old where I put up month one, month two, month three, or quarters by quarters. These are the things that we want to accomplish. So, um, but it's you thinking about it. Most parents aren't thinking about it. They just right. let life happen. Right. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. You're going to screw up, but you're intentionally, proactively thinking about it. So say I put this plan to play, okay? How long do I let the plan be in action before I decide to pivot or before I decide to add variables or, or change variables because it's their not plan. working? So you it's their plan. So what you're doing is they're building the plan, and then you're adding the pieces. So you're the Sherpa, Okay. So Sherpas on mountains, um, it's not about them climbing. It's about them helping others climb. So when I interviewed for the 100X Leader book, I interviewed Sherpa on Mount Everest. I said, so how many times is this to Nibu Sherpa is his name? And their last name is Sherpa, by the way. That's how you know they're a Sherpa. Uh, so I go, Nibu, how long? How many times have you climbed to the top? Summoned it. He's like, why? Well, I don't understand your question. And he goes, I don't know but I've helped 21 people some. It wasn't about how many times he's gone to the top. It's been a lot more than that. It was about how many people he's helped get up. So if you think about creating a plan with your student, is their plan that you're adding into, hey, these are the things I want for you before you leave home. So we intentionally have a checklist of things, and depending on their personality, it's how you deliver it. But then... Uh, you can add things or you can take things off. We probably, with my son Will, we probably did 50% of the things that are on the list. But that was okay because the, the 50%, some of the things I thought were valuable when we were doing them, they really weren't. He, was, he didn't need it. He was good. But your girls so needed them? What's that? Well, the girls list was completely different. Okay. It was, it was a totally different uh, system and setup because what they wanted to do how they were wired. Um, you know, uh, my youngest daughter, she's a marketing major and she wants to do interior design. So, you know, I'm now going back in and I'm learning how to do something for 20 year olds, um, in the same way. So anyway, that's super interesting. Uh, and I love that we're having this conversation. I mean, seriously, so much of what you're saying, I'm, I'm smiling so largely because I've read it in the book and I'm like, okay, remember that, Aaron. If I could just have you walking around with me in the back of my head <laughs> all the time. Um, what role does reflection play in goal setting and planning? Yeah, so this is something I've done this year. It's been the biggest thing I've done for myself. Uh, it comes from the idea of the, it's actually uh, an old Jesuit uh, uh, process called the examine. And I've modified it to make it fit a little bit more. The examine is um, at the end of the day, every day at 530, probably 90% of my days. Okay, I, I do this the majority of the time. I go through a 7 to 12 minute, minute exercise. And it's called examine. I do three things. Number one. I look back to the day 
of what the highlights were for high fives. What was great about the day? Specifically, not that I had oxygen, okay? Not that it was nice outside, but specifically, hey, thanks for that time with Aaron or that was great with so-and-so and I literally uh, tell someone thank you, great meeting you. It was a highlight. So I kind of do my highs, like highs and lows. I do my my own highs. I don't do lows. I just go, what was what was great? And then the second thing I do is I go back through my calendar and I look at every event, every item that I did, and it doesn't take very long. I just look at my phone and I go, all right, where was my attitude off? What was, is there anything in me, any patterns or tendencies that maybe I was off? And it wasn't me, was it them? And what what happened that wasn't right there? You know what? That's pride or that's, um, so, so far as it depends on me, how do I, what do I need to do? And that really helps me because in the past I would let things store up and then what I would do is it would carry over the next day and the next morning it would be negative or the next week and I would blow up because of all this pent up stuff. So I'm doing short accounts. I'm actually dealing with it every day. And, the, and then I'll tell you the third piece and then why and how it's strategic. Third, I then look at tomorrow's calendar and I prepare for it. So I prepared for this meeting yesterday. So I just make sure that I'm, do I have everything I need? How do I feel about it? Anything I need to do to prepare? And that is my, those are my three things that I do. So what it does for me strategically is it makes me stay alive so that my emotions aren't out of whack. I always know where I'm at tactically or strategically in a given time because I'm looking proactively. Tomorrow I'm driving to I'm driving to Austin because of all the Southwest Airlines stuff. Oh yeah. So I'm literally driving, but that's okay because I've gotten six phone calls in in the morning on my drive. So that's an example of how uh, to be intentional and things that uh, how I be how I'm strategic with reflection. How do you how how often do you think we as humans uh, let our previous day dominate our current day? Uh, the majority. The I majority just, of the time. I can't. Uh, I mean, I, I think I, I wrote those things down because I just thought, what a great practice to get into. And for parents, too, what were our wins for today? You know, um, was it our attitude? Was it my attitude? Is it that time of the month? Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but, you know, but sometimes those things will come in and, you know, I've read, don't yell at your kids before school. Don't yell at your, I try not to yell at my kids ever, but if it comes out, don't let it be before bedtime. Don't let it be before school because that's going to impact that sleep, that, that school day. You know, we set the tone for these guys so much in the way we interact with them. Outside circumstances impact my day, um, you know, and so uh, letting go of some of these things at the end of the day would be incredible. I love that. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, well, and so that was the next question. What are the strategies you use for reflection? You gave it to me right there. Um, why do you think people want to take action all the time? I mean, what is it about taking action that, that seems like if we're not doing something, we're going in the wrong direction? Well, I think, I think a lot of people, I mean, here's what normal leaders typically do. Hey, can we just get on the same page and can we make it happen? Let's go get it done. Right. So that's a normal. The problem with it is that they have missed phases one and two, which is communication, knowing who you're talking to, 
And the second is, do they believe that you're for them or do they think that you're against them or are you for yourself? So it's relational trust. So to get things done, you have to know who you're talking to. Are they a guardian? Are they a nurturer? Are they a creative? Are they a connector? And the five voices is the simplest. It scales more. Enneagram is awesome. It just doesn't scale. Myers-Briggs is good. It doesn't scale. This is fine. It doesn't scale. All those things you said, am I an owl? Am I an orange? It doesn't scale because it's hard to teach. But people can get connector or nurturer. Or it, it works. It yeah. scales. So knowing who you're talking to is number one. Second, what's their history with you? Do they want to follow you or have to follow you? And if they have to follow you, they're gonna get, you're going to get compliance. If they want to follow you, they're engaged. Their pilot light is, is turned on. So that's the hard part because most people, um, they wake up and we got to make the donuts. Make the donuts. Everyone make donuts. Let's go. Make the donuts. And you're, just do the work. Just do whatever's in front of you. Well, you have, if you're a leader, you have to slow down to speed up, to slow down, to know other people, speak their language. You know, you've heard, uh, um, we all know the golden rule. Do unto others as you, know, as you want done to yourself, right? Yeah. Well, I don't need a hug. Why should you need a hug? I don't, I didn't get training. Why do you need training? So misinterpreted, and it happens a lot. Yeah. Misinterpreted. Oh, I didn't. So why should you? The platinum rule is the better version of the gold rule. Do unto others as they would want done to themselves. Boom. So if you know that, to go do unto others as they would want, how do you speak their language, relate to them? Then their respect of you, their desire for you to be in their life, their, your influence goes up, not down. And that's, in, in essence, it's a journey of self-awareness. It's a journey of living and thinking differently and leading differently um, than you normally would. Well, not just self-awareness, but gosh, situational awareness. If you're talking about knowing other people to be able to lead other people as well, uh, you're asking them to to be cognizant of more than just themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, any last words of wisdom before we wrap up today? Yeah. So, you know, if you are if you're a person, and in fact, I, I did this this morning, which is really a fun exercise. I took them through um, the negativity circle. Okay. Here's here's the idea. You take a circle, you put any negative issues in your life. Not petty, not frustrations of like, I wish our washer didn't go out. Yeah. Okay? I mean negative relationships or negative things. And the goal would be to eradicate negativity because that that negative circle becomes cancer, and that cancer can take over. And so to eradicate negativity, you have to think about, so far as it depends on me, what's my role in this? Can I control any of this or not? Um, how do I actually get to the place where I can assume the best, not expect the worst in these people or a situation? But my point is, if you want to become healthy, then you have to go after the unhealthy, you have to go after the negative to eradicate as much as possible so that you are as healthy as you possibly can be because no one wants to follow an asthmatic Sherpa like on the mountain. Yeah. No one wants. So if you're leading people or leading your family and you're not healthy, we've got issues. Sorry, Jeremy, so, you can't suck on that air tank. I've already, I've already taken it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you. That is awesome. And thank you just for everything you've poured into Epic. Um, our leaders, uh, 
thank you for getting us speaking the same language. It's been so incredibly helpful. I remember um, Jason George told us a story, and I know I'm chasing a squirrel, but he told us the story. I mean, you said the Grand Canyon thing, but um, about how you you did the the what were the three things? Provisional, uh, provisional plan, and promise. Okay, and so your your kiddo Will, he thought you had promised the Grand Canyon, yeah. but you were just kind of provisionally, provisionally saying, thinking, let's do it. So, um, I just, you, you've given us all the same language here and it's helpful. I hope, uh, families that we can help you speak the same language just cause I mean, if we're all, it, it cuts out so much of the guessing work if, if we all know how to talk to each other. Um, so I just can't thank you enough for what you probably not even knowingly have poured into me over the last two years. Uh, it's, it's been a huge blessing. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate all you do. And everyone at Epic, I'll tell you, I love the in, in, innovation, ingenuity. I love the heartbeat and uh, just to keep it up. So thank you. Thank you. And all of his books are linked here uh, in the show notes. So if, if there was anything we talked about that really struck a chord with you, you can go in, you can click on the show notes, click directly on the Amazon link and grab those books. They really are and- awesome. And Aaron, one more if they want. If you wanted to try it out and see, you can go do the Five Voices assessment for free. Uh, so if you went to giant.tv slash JK, um, for Jeremy Kubitschek, not just kidding, but giant.tv slash JK, then you can take the Five Voices assessment and that would allow you, and, and you can try it with your, your kids as well. Uh, you need to be cognizant of some of the languages for adults. I mean, I don't mean it in a bad way. Just <laughs> bigger words, uh, bigger con- taken from the context of work. Uh, but it it could uh, it could really start some really good dialogue, and uh, especially though for for you and your spouse, if you're watching and want your spouse to take it with you, have them sign up as well. It's free, and uh, hopefully that's uh, helpful for you. Gosh, sorry. And I know I'm trying to wrap up, but like, that's another, my husband was a principal here at Epic. So he had gone through it as well. And, um, we are regularly asking each other, what's your peace index today? How can I, you know, take that peace index and just move it up a level? And so I, again, you have no clue. You poured into me professionally and personally, and you didn't even know. Uh, awesome. Thank you, Erin. All right, well, tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world.